0: named our podcast the World Class Agency podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have.
1: What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you?
0: World Class Estate Agency is all about people. A good
1: estate agency add, adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world class agency look to you. hello and welcome to today's episode of the world-class agency podcast my name is mark warrell and mr sam hunter is back with us he has recovered from his tonsillitis how are you my friend
0: good morning mark hello listeners i'm back back in black turns out that uh i had a weird little bout of tonsillitis while my wife and daughter uh got the spicy cough so we've been in ISO for the last week and we've got a couple of days to go. Uh, so it's been a pretty fun week in the Hunter household. <laughs> I've just been taking care of Charlotte pretty much. Uh, <laughs> with the, red, with the red cross
1: on the door. What,
0: yeah, exactly. It's given me a hell of a lot of empathy for what uh, like mums go through, particularly in those early few months where they are responsible for everything, you know, to do with the kid uh, at least. So yeah um I, we were saying before we hit record like because i haven't done a great deal of work and i literally have not spoken to an estate agent other than a couple of mates who've messaged me in a week so i don't really i feel like i've completely lost touch with what's <laughs> going on in the market after just uh, one week which is yeah i mean I, this is how i spend my days so i ask lots of questions all day every day and i want to know what's happening and i think it's more fun to ask that personally than it is like nothing's really changed for me right i still try and talk to 20 people every day, and. Um, to not do that for a week, you wonder, has anything actually changed? What's going on? Have I missed anything? Yeah. Um, and I, 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 looking at sort of the trade press and the news, and I still read all that stuff, I don't necessarily think too much has, has moved on. Um, seems that there's still plenty of people nibbling around in the sort of average and under house price uh, ranges, even uh, with the interest rate rises and everything like that. Mortgages uh, apparently are going to get easier to get, which is a way, I guess, of combating uh, people who've suddenly found themselves with affordability issues. Uh, yeah. That's probably a point I don't necessarily agree with. I think we're just setting ourselves up to have another little yeah. problem in a few years' time. But other than that, uh, I don't have a great deal to report on the market on this week, unfortunately. Well, I
1: think on the mortgage uh, side of things, we've had internal conversations and I think our role as agents at the moment is to be really on top of that. I was saying before we hit record, I think in our market, price sensitivity is really hot now. I know that there are other agents overvaluing stuff and you know, previously that would really annoy me and I think you could probably get away with saying, oh, all right, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll take it on, we'll try it and you might you might get it. I think that's changing or already changed. Um, because I think in our part of the market, pricing has become very sensitive. We're going to talk about the importance of pricing and pricing right next week, but that's what I'm seeing from our market, stuff coming on too high, sitting, reduce sitting, and that pricing piece, I think, is going to be really important. And when we are talking to potential buyers about pricing, we've we've got to relay that. And when we're talking to potential buyers we've got to relay what you talked about, mortgages changing. You know, if somebody got a decision in principle six weeks ago, they need to, you know, and they're putting an offer and they need to re-get it done because they're all being reclassified. They're all being stress tested again. And you could get really excited, get your client really excited, but actually then it could fall down after a week and you know, everyone's then then really upset. So I think our job as agents is to really talk to clients about pricing, but also really, you know, investigate and make sure that potential buyers know their mortgage situation inside out because as you say that affordability has just
0: changed completely i think you make magnificent points and actually for those people who are thinking about selling and then going and buying you know they'll want their home sold quickly so they can go and take advantage of of you know if, if they think that it's good buying out there now unfortunately this is what tends to happen when the market shifts is that the seller's expectations when they've got their seller hat on are still really high <laughs> and then when they when they switch hats and they put that cooler more fun buyer's hat on they'll be like, well, I should be able to get something quite cheeky here. So doing an evaluation, uh, you know, if you're listening to this in the morning or if whatever, your next valuation when you're sitting there, talk about those hats, you know, and how your, your job is to make sure that everybody who walks into their home with their buyer's hats on understand that this is the price. But actually what they need to understand with their seller's hats on is we need to look at all offers at the moment as well, because it isn't a case of just, you know, having offers come through the letterbox, all day every day particularly if we even get our price wrong by a smidge so let's sit down and talk about all of that and i'm really looking forward to actually to to actually talk through um our, our guest today talks about art and science right and not to give away too much more of that but uh that's how you have a pricing conversation as well it's a good mix of those two and people suddenly understand why you're delivering the advice you are rather than just hearing the fact that you are delivering them some advice
1: yeah, and I think in regards to that pricing uh, conversation, I think we have as agents have to change our mindset. I've been, I've accepted an offer on Saturday that I was surprised that they accepted, and by surprise, I mean I didn't even think that it was a proper conversation about an offer. It's you know significantly below um, the asking price. There's there's loads of reasons. Why, but I think as agents we've got to get really good at speaking to clients again about offers below asking, because actually our mindset, my mindset particularly was they're not going to accept that. It's miles away. It's not even a real offer, but we're legally bound, bound to put it forward. And they, they sat down, they, they spoke about it, and they turned around and said, Yeah, we we want to accept it. Um for not you know not just financial reasons, other reasons as, as well. Um and I'm, I'm sat there thinking, crikey, you know, I didn't push on that because I didn't think that it would be an acceptable offer to them, but people's circumstances are changing massively. Um, and we've got a fantastic sale at a, at a good fee that we didn't really expect. So I think on, mm. in regards to um, pricing that the offer and that piece of it is going to get really important and making sure that we're flushing out all offers, which is, you know, what you have to do in a, a changing market i think agreed well on that note so we don't uh, ruin next week's episode let's dive in and introduce today's guest shall we let's
0: do it 2022 marks today's guest's 12th year in property he's responsible for the training and performance of a group of nine officers and 35 plus colleagues across one of the midlands most well-established and well-respected firms of property specialists try saying that three times fast he prides himself on the two things that every single seller wants most, high prices and fast results. Ross Daniello, sales director of Noctiton. Welcome to the World Class Agency podcast. Morning, gents. Good morning, Ross. Thanks, for
1: Thank, thanks very much for, for joining us. I'm going to dive in with the first question, the question that we ask every guest on this show, and it's what does world-class estate agency look like to you?
2: Um, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that that can have a vast multitude of answers, isn't it? And and, and goodness knows you guys have certainly heard most of them. But I, I think for, for me, um it's it's it depends on which prism you're looking through. If you're looking through a, a leadership perspective, it's one thing. If you're looking from a frontline perspective, it's another. But ultimately they all have the same goal uh, and the same end thing, a uh, same end result. And uh, but but the headline for that is is the balance between the art and science of agency is is how i would sort of neatly wrap it up with the the art being sort of the passion the empathy uh, and the desire to do a good job and uh, and the want to have it and the fire in your belly and all that sort of stuff that you can't really teach and the, and the science being the structure um you know the sort of the systems and processes in place and if you can if you can get the balance of those right um everything will fall in place really and there i mean there's a lot to it from your front line you need to have your staff come up with solution-based thinking so that you know they're presented with problems that they can come up with the solutions themselves without too much effort and they take comfort from the structure that the leadership team uh, provides uh, in that um They've got to have the talent and desire to be proactive. Um, proactivity in this industry is something we'll shortly come to, uh distinctly lacking in some corners. Um, but also they need to have comfort in the in, in the systems and processes that enable them to be reactive. Um, so those sort of two levels of proactive and reactive are key, really, in that in, in that sort of element of, of structure. This frontline staff need to be immediately comfortable whether they're having a job or a career are they just turning up to answer phones and book appointments or are they helping people buy a house um are they helping people in this court isn't it to realize their dreams um and really that that comes from the leadership team's <clears throat> communication about their vision about what they want have they strategized well enough and and, and have they built the machine that the staff can trust uh, and believe in um to go on that
1: journey with them really I'm really interested. I'm sure the, the structure, systems, and, and, and processes at Knocked Out are you know, absolutely phenomenal. Um, I want to talk about what you called the art of agency, those things that you can't teach, the passion, desire. Yeah. And so how do you, as sales director, how do you make sure that you're recruiting and harboring those passion desire those things you can't teach because that's the real challenge the systems and processes we can teach the systems and processes you know are probably there in a lot of um companies that we come across but it's that art that i think is the real in agency that's probably hard to find because that then leads to the productivity i'm assuming that you were talking about
2: yeah absolutely um i think at the moment we're experiencing the most challenging um, environment for recruitment that we've ever experienced. Um, uh, Everyone's in there celebrating the fact that there's not a lot of job, that's right, not a lot of unemployment, but this means that there is a glut of talent out there um, and uh, and the talent that is there is reluctant to move because they're they're either comfortable or they're nervous about what happens next. So so for us, the real challenge in our business currently, uh, as it is for many others, is trying to find that talent. If somebody sits in front of me, um, or, or Tom Skelly, our operations director, who, who sets the systems and processes, who is excellent at what he does. Yeah. If, if that person sits in front of us and displays the right attitude, we'll take care of the rest. We'll, we'll do that. You, you sit, I don't care what you've done in a previous life. You could be anything. It doesn't matter. Um, if you show that, you genuinely get what it is to be an agent. And it's, it's the first person that sits in front of you and says... Oh, I just love houses I love houses mate they're lovely aren't they it's like, well oh well, that's nice well go and, go and wash windows and you get to see plenty of them won't you you know it, it, that's not what we do we help people that that's our thing we we, we we help people who are in a really challenging part of their life really difficult um up against the odds especially at the moment in terms of trying to to find a decent house and we make that happen for them um, so you've got to have empathy. If you don't have empathy and or, or, or the desire and, and energy and the want to do it, then then we probably won't be able to help you because um, we're not just interested in putting the phrases bums on seats. You, you know, we're, we're we're interested in making sure that we have got the right people with the right complementary skill set to build the right type of team, not just any team, but the right type of team. So it's about the attitude, really. Um, there are lots of people who are enthusiastic. Um, and there's lots of people who come bouncing in and say oh I love this this would be brilliant and you're thinking well yeah I just don't know that you've you've got it really I think it's something that as a a leader or as a as as an interviewer you instinctively know whether that person is likely to have the ability Um, but also whether or not they're fitting with your culture the team that you're employing for we've interviewed plenty of people who we've gone I do know you're brilliant but you won't you won't work in that office, but we will fit you in another office because you'll be great there. And they've gone on to Excel. So I think gut instinct of the interviewer is one thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, ultimately, it comes down to whether or not they've got the energy.
0: I um, think that's probably... You don't know this. Actually, this is going uh, like to give our, our listeners a bit of a, uh, like, peer into how we prepare for this podcast. But we, we, we always prepare about a set of, of three or four questions outside of the what does world-class agency look like to you, just in case for whatever reason, the conversation ends up stalling. And we're like, right, well, we'll just take this in a completely different direction. And there was nothing really natural to go on. And one of the questions that I had prepared was that uh, no matter how many times you sit and interview people, you'll, you'll always hear people talk about either how much they love houses or how much they love people. Um, and and an estate agent's favourite saying is, we know estate agency is not about property, it's about people. But actually, Absolutely. I think when a lot of them talk about that, uh, they're often referring to the buyers, the sellers, the landlords and tenants. And it's not to say that's not true, but fundamentally for your position as sales director of a big company, really like estate agency is about people. It is the I'm internal sorry. people. It's it's exactly as you're talking about. It's finding someone who naturally has that art and then employing the science to support that, to allow that to flourish and shine. Um you said something quite interesting before where you said that you help people uh, who are in a really challenging part of their lives uh, and it's your job to make their experience a little bit better before we hit record uh you said to me that you've just gone through one of these really challenging parts of your life yourself yeah. uh yeah. and then you said it with a yeah. wry smile which you have on your face right now as well so do you want to, yeah. do you want to talk us through that experience but it's really interesting because it's
2: become a bit of a, a joke in the business that there were three senior people in the business who were trying to buy a house and none of us were being very successful, <laughs> um, which is a bit of a worry, really. It's like, you know, having a doctor that, that can't kill themselves, isn't it? But there we go. It's... It, it, yeah for for me my through our personal journey my wife or my family we we tried to find somewhere and and we went through four different houses um we cost it cost us nearly ten thousand pounds in legal and survey fees that we would never get back um and and, you know prices went up what would have been 10 percent stamp duty incentive disappeared so in real terms it could have cost us anything up to about 50 grand by the time you factor all that in Um, uh, So it was a very painful experience, but I think the the most challenging and frustrating part was just the poor quality of the agents we dealt with um, when trying to find a house really. I think we viewed must have been 20 houses um, before anybody registered us properly and genuinely took an interest in what it was we were looking for. We were just an appointment. we, sometimes we did it under my wife's maiden name because you know it just saves questions being asked sometimes we did it you know i just did it um and, and you know hoped that it might get us through the door a bit quicker and give us a fair chance of, of buying a house um but yeah desperation took hold at some points because we just we just couldn't get anything back um the the, the genuine lack of of care was, was just astonishing. They didn't care because they didn't need to. They knew they were going to sell that house. They knew they were going to book appointments. They knew they were going to get the best offer that that house will ever have had. So why why did they care about us as applicants? Now you know we've only got a five to seven year plan in that house. Who who are we going to instruct? Yeah, you know, and that yeah, it, it was short sighted uh, and it was reactive, uh, but not very well. Um, yeah, it
1: was pretty poor actually. So talk us through. The bit I'm really intrigued about there, you know, all of that negativity. I'm sure there's lots of people, and worryingly for the industry, having been through this amazing, you know, boom, you know, there's probably many people like you sat there thinking, you know, oh, state agents are rubbish. There's a lot of damage that can be done when the market is as, as hot as it was. What I'm what I was kind of astonished by is I think you said you did 20 viewings before you were properly registered. So mm-hmm so bad properly registered you mean somebody asked what you're actually looking for so you spoke to you viewed 19 houses whereby people didn't know that if they went out to another house the next day that they know that you might be interested
2: yeah nobody ever I think we maybe we were off for budget uh, on the odd occasion but you know there was no real desire to find out what what our motivations what our needs were um, as buyers no, nobody registered us properly at all we got it we would we, there'd be a phone number and an email address of course because you've got to take that and an address of where you are currently maybe your position but the number of times we turn up and the agent who was trying to sell the house would be there and it's like well you know the position we're in no i'm not a clue well, we're in rented we are we, we have a 25 percent deposit we are ready to go we can put down anything we were just ready to go we found the right house we, we we've got no time constraints and we're ready to go mortgage offer is in place everything's there oh okay <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's bad, i I'd break my ankles to try and get that person house. yeah no, you're, it's... you're a
0: walking deal at that point i i was um on this same point like i was having a conversation uh strangely we're recording this at 8 15 in the morning and this is the second phone call i've had for the day um and i was talking to a a uh, CRM provider in in the UK this morning. They were they were talking about this exact issue, mm. like asking for some advice. Like we want to make sure that we we take away that liability from our client base. Um, and we they've identified buyers and tenants as the biggest opportunity. And I'm like, oh, you've been reading about ten people who think that like they know what they're talking about. It's LinkedIn posts about this is this is these are the people that you need to serve because they're the people that no one serves. And and they were saying, what would we do? And I told them a story. I was like, "Well, I went and bid at an auction uh, six weeks ago now. So I handed over my my passport and driver's license, two forms of ID, put my hand up that I wanted to buy a property. Didn't end up buying it because it went through the roof, and then we just couldn't afford it. And uh, that agent has not bothered to follow my wife or I up since. Now I have a my suspicion is it's because we didn't have anything to sell, so they couldn't. There was no dollar signs that were slapped yeah. on my forehead, right?" And perhaps that's the same for you, but actually, isn't that disappointing? Well, there's and, no empathy
2: there. There's no care about you, you as an individual. It's only about exactly their right. That's and the I would it.
0: say I would say to anybody listening to this: if you've never gone and bought a house, go, go and buy oh. one because you will immediately have more empathy with everyone you've ever dealt with, and you will think to yourself, "Jesus, I hope I have not put people through what I am sensing right now," because it does it changes you, and it allows you to actually offer a, a better more rounded service, which is not difficult to do. Um, no, I agree. I
2: think it's, it's more challenging at the moment because there's a lot of younger people in the industry. As we all know, the ability for people to buy a house is, is a lot more difficult. And and there are a lot of people who are coming into the industry for the first time or have been in for a little while who can't buy a house. Um, doesn't mean they can't go do viewings uh, and experience the, 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 the process um, for themselves, mystery shopping-wise. Um, and I think that's a really important exercise because if you hold yourself to a high standard as an individual um but you're not sure what that looks like or you think you do a good job but you're not sure just go and go and go and do a bit of mystery shopping you'll soon find out how good you are and whether or not you are good um because the bar is so low very often Uh, the people we ended up buying through poor things they had a torrid time um because they've got me my wife who's an ex-agent um, breathing down their neck constantly um, and, and clients who, who just weren't motivated to sell very quickly um, and, and so you know the, the poor agents that we were buying through um, well if you didn't drink before you would be drinking now that's certainly what they said about us so yeah it's, it's took seven months um, for us to get the deal through so uh, but yes it just it, yeah I think mystery shopping is quite a good exercise for those who who perhaps don't have the ability to buy a house at the moment because it just gives you that unique experience as a buyer really
0: yeah
1: agreed sorry i was muted
0: <laughs> <That's
1: a> <laughs> <pan>. <laughs> <laughs> um, ross before i just move move on from 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 this and i think you're right buyers definitely need more attention particularly in the market that we're coming into which we're going to talk about um shortly right. but did you say that you had three aborted sales? Did I hear that right? The house you yeah. bought was the fourth yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. What happened if you if you're willing to share? And what was that experience yeah. like around the agents? How how did you what did you learn from that process that you can implement into your business that can help make sure or try and avoid that happening again? Try yeah. and improving that process yeah. because that's an awful well, lot of wasted money.
2: Yeah, it certainly was. Um, you know, it's A couple of holidays, isn't it? By the very least, when you've got a family, it's, it's, <clears throat> or when one when you go to Centre Parks, but it's yeah. The the first one was um, was they decided to get divorced. So uh, uh, and there's nothing you can do about that. You kind of wish he'd have made the decision beforehand. Uh, before we were committed and buying, but there's there's nothing you can do about that. But of course, the frustration is that they lost nothing. Apart from each other, of course, but you know they, they lost nothing fi- financially or, or 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 otherwise for the house, and, and she stayed put and he he moved on. It's fine. It happens. It's frustrating. Frustrating us as buyers, having been agents, we, we were aware that these things happen, so we were pragmatic about it. Um, the second house, uh, we. Uh, it was in the village we were really keen to get into. Um, the elderly lady had lived there for 57 years. Uh, she was widowed, very frail. Um, and so we thought, well, let's not put any pressure on us at all. Let's just let her do what she wants to do. She was moving into a bungalow. Um, and then at the literally the 11th and a half hour, so we were drawing down funds to exchange. She went, actually, I want to stay. Um, and yeah, to say that we were angry... Was, um, was, was was uh, yeah, I, wow. I, 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 I probably won't put it into words, because um, um. you'll limit your audience, but it's, uh, it, yeah, it, it wasn't great, but that came down to a single situation, which was poorly managed by the agent, and this was one of those agencies that charges the buyer, not the seller. Um, so what they call, refer to themselves as a free agent or whatever it is. Um, so because there's plenty of them around now isn't there but that was a frustration because it's a case of well hang on a minute who are you representing here mm. because I'm paying your fee so if I say I want things done I want things done but you're not the client well yeah, but I'm paying you fee so what is it <laughs> so there's a major conflict there yeah um, which ended up in very heated conversations uh, at times or could have ended up in very heated conversations that's for sure um, but there was nothing we could do about it she was in her late 80s, early 90s, whatever it was. Uh, and we're not going to go knock on the door and say what the bloody hell are playing at because we might finish her off. So we're not going to do that, are we? But, it, it, you know, there was nothing we could do about it. So we, we sat on our hands and thought, look, we need to take some time out here um, because this is going to get very stressful. And then we moved uh, to that sort of mindset. And then a house came on that we liked because <laughs> it always does, doesn't it? <laughs> so we went to have a look at it. Yeah. It was through a, uh, let's call them the, the largest... Cheapest agent uh, in the industry, um, who who are having some troubled waters at the moment, um, and um, yeah, that was a bloody awful experience to be honest. Um, so it, it, yeah, that didn't end very well at all. So we were given the runaround on that. Uh, we we put best and finals in. We were by far the highest in the most proceedable position. Then we were told to wait for two weeks because they just wanted a few more viewings. I was like, no, 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 that's our offer. You either take it or you don't. So they indicated that they would, and then they didn't. So we wasted weeks waiting. So then we decided, right, that's it. We're going to sit on our hands. We're not going to look for a house anymore, and and we're going to wait and stay where we are. And then a house came that we really liked. So we went and (laughs) and got to have a look at it, (laughs) and it just kept going. So, um, (laughs) yeah, we, 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 we put it all in writing. You know, we put... Solicitor's details, bank details, photographs of bank statements in writing and a letter to take with us to hand offer with a blank line saying our offer is. And we gave it to the agent and we would tell the vendors that that's what we were going to do. We tried everything we could that as agents would make us stand out above everybody else. And even that didn't work because the quality of the agents, they just nine times out of ten, there were some great agents out there. There were some really, really good ones. And, and they'll know who they are because they're either working for us or, or, or they would have been tapped up at some point but th- those that, that haven't had a phone call yeah it wasn't you um so yeah it's it's just a real shame it was quite disheartening actually because I'm really proud of this industry I love it um you know I haven't always been in it it's it's something I came to late despite having a fairly early start at the university working as a Saturday boy um but I, I, it's really important what we do, uh, and people forget that. Um, you know, this is a huge transaction, a massively emotional time. It forms people's lives. It's a huge. You know, when someone you find out that one of your friends or family is buying a house, you're really chuffed for them because it's a massive deal. Yeah. Um, and sometimes these agencies, who perhaps don't set the bar high, or they're very reactive, but not in a very structured way. Um, they're the ones that give us a bad name uh, and they're the ones that, that that make us fight for fees um, and, and, and put that battle in place.
0: I think that's that's potentially a um, symptom of, of uh, either too much or, or only science or maybe the wrong sort of science and not enough of the art to come back to the point that you made at the top of the show in that mm-hmm. they know in these markets which come about, I mean, the, the one we've just gone through is I think a once in a generation style real estate market but good, good markets yeah. come around every couple of years and they know that they can go and make hay things well as you said before they know they're going to get a high offer on every home mm. so it's just about making sure that they get that and presenting it and getting paid as quickly as possible and and the people that are met and let down along the way which again if they meet 20 people at every home 19 are going to be disappointed mm. sorry yeah, sorry. yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's just I, I think that that is that's the real gap where we can really improve. And again, you can, not that everyone can see you, but we're sitting there listening to your story and, and you can sense not only your personal disappointment because actually you got what you want at the end, but there's there's disappointment for the fact that every day you go into battle fighting for like to do things better, but you come up against this resistance from probably a lot of people in the public because unfortunately yeah. you're, painted, you're tainted with that same brush and you've got to work even harder to separate yourself. And, and this is this is why,
2: in our business, we work really hard um, culturally um, to make sure that that our guys and girls they're they're fantastic at what they do. They're really really good. I I, I was talking to one of my um, uh, branch managers the other day. Who who, who I, I just I look around us now and I I I really like what I see. It's it just it resonates really well. There's a really nice hum about the business at the moment. Yeah, there's things that we need to work on. Yeah, there's little bits and pieces we need to straighten out. And, but those are those are refinements. They're not core issues. Um, and our guys, they genuinely care. And that's the key. They genuinely care about their jobs. They care about the applicants, the vendors, the journey that people are on. We put a lot of work into that to make sure that they understand what all that means. Because you know, recruiting the right people and training them in the right way creates that culture. But, you know, Mike sets the, the pace. He tells us, Mike's the chairman of the business. You he, know, he, he's been on your show before. Um, and, you know, he, he dictates what he wants as a business, what he wants it to look like, which is, you know, that's his job. And then it's our job as directors to, to decide how that's gonna be structured, how it's gonna be implemented and reinforced, uh, how we cascade and communicate that. Um, and, and how we build the teams around it. Um, and then it's a case of getting the, the managers who are brilliant um, and genuinely, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, world-class um, to, 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 to conduct their, their business, be it as valuers, as office managers, as negotiators, uh, and build their teams around them. Um, I, I sent it to, before coming on here, Um, last week, I sent a text message asking them, um, my managers, what they felt world-class agency looked like. Um, Just because I thought it'd be an interesting exercise. And they all answered in the first person, not because they're arrogant, but because they're genuinely proud of what they do. Um, And that comes down to surrounding yourself by the people who are on the same journey as you. That comes from the vision that Mike set out that we've worked on together clear communication, putting the structure in place to give them the safety net and the structure to make sure that they feel secure in their jobs and comfortable with what they're supposed to be doing. And, and, and then it's a case of training them up with the best people in the industry to make sure that they're capable of doing
0: it. I'm, I'm seeing here just listening to you uh, just talk through vision, clear communication, safety nets, structures right and then letting people actually get to work and um i i genuinely can't think of a better point to sort of finish our conversation on because everything that we've talked about you started this conversation by talking that there's different types of world class you need to be a world class uh like organization so the leadership has to set that structure and that vision and communicate well all the way down to the front end where they have to have that passion and fire in the belly and empathy and they have to realize that I really like what you said before that it, the job that you do when you do it well is really important. Um, and actually, if you're listening to this and, and you're not doing as good a job as you could do, that's really important too, um, just for the wrong reasons, I guess. Uh, and you, you end up giving people an experience where they're probably living in their houses as long as they ever have because the last thing they want to do is talk to another estate agent, <laughs> yeah. um, which is not great for the industry or great for business. So I think, Ross, it's been a really insightful conversation. Um, and we didn't have to use any one of our follow-up questions. So, uh, yeah, so from Mark and I, and from every single person that's listening to this, we can actually go and take away this, you know, solution-based thinking that you talked about earlier as well. Uh, I just want to express our thanks. Um, and we really I appreciate you giving us your time this morning. It's been a genuine pleasure. Thank
1: you. A massive thank you once again to Ross Daniello from Not Notpacton for joining us today. Um, What came across to me, Sam, was an awful lot of passion for the industry. And he said after, you know, we we continued the chat very briefly after uh, we recorded, and he just oozes passion for the industry that – You know, he could have become a little bit pissed off because of the journey that he's been on with agents. But actually, I think what that's done is it's cemented his view that we do a really important job and we have to take it really seriously and we have to treat people well. I don't know how many times he said empathy um, within that, but he's definitely not been treated with with empathy from his experience by the sounds of things. And we need to make sure that as an industry, collectively, we avoid those type of situations happening if we can.
0: you're exactly right. Like you could see that that passion coming through. And one of the things that uh, Ross said to us, uh, and this is a shout out to uh, Mike Middleton from Knock is that he said before he started working with Mike, Ross had always just had jobs. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't feel like that that's where he is now. And that's that feeling that he tries to impart on the people that he's responsible for within that business as well. Um, and we sort of said, how does that how does that feel for you? And he's like, well, you can just look at the results. You know, and he's like, we, we had a bumpy year after back of COVID, we've gone again. And he's like, and now we're thinking about what the business needs to look like in 12 and 24 months time. And he was talking like, again, I, we might have him back on to have an entire podcast about strategy. We might even get him and Mike on. They can just dovetail off each other and you and I can just be quiet and <laughs> just think about how good this, this lesson is. But they talk about how they focus on their strategy. Like they understand the science and they understand to find the right people with the art to go back to this world-class agency point so that if they get the vision right, they communicate clearly enough, they put that structure in place, just lets everybody else do what they want to do. And you're exactly right. You can tell that he just loves yeah. what he does all day every day. day. And that's the really special thing about this industry, right? Like uh, I think uh, Simon from, from work, he, he calls himself like a real estate geek. And it, it's true, right? Once, once you are in this and you see it for all the good yeah. that it can be and the actual positive impact you can have on people's lives, you do get addicted to that feeling. And actually, again, like one of the real like formative moments in my career was I was at a conference and this guy stood up on stage and he said like the better human being you become, the better real estate agent you become because all you want to do is act with integrity, you know, speak with honesty and do the best for the people around you. And he's like, and if that starts with your colleagues, it's going to end with your family and your clients are going to fit in somewhere in the middle as well. So like that, that, that's to me what came out of that conversation with Ross, right? Is is you find the right people in the business. You give them the tools to do their job really well and you let them get on with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then to just recognize that, that I'm, I'm going to say that point again that he made that like estate agents, good, bad, ugly, doesn't matter. They are there to help people through a really challenging moment in their lives. Um, And I'm speaking now, personal experience. Ross talked to us about his personal experience as well. You and Ray have gone through it yourself too. It is a really challenging part in your life. And and for some people it stretches on and on and on for other people, it's over in a flash and you think, shit, have we made the right decision in both cases. So to not recognize that. And to not realize how important it is that you're doing is is you're doing yourself a massive disservice. The business that you're working for a massive disservice, but you're doing those people an even bigger disservice as well. And and that's why everybody has, well, not everybody, that's why so many people have uh, a negative perception of, of what we and everybody listening to this podcast do really, really well every day.
1: And I think the... The experience that Ross has, has been through is a problem. And I know he said the agents didn't manage it well, and there probably is some of that, but that's a problem with the system that we have, not necessarily a problem with, with the agent. Now, interestingly enough, I think we need to, as an industry, do things to change that. There's talk of reservation agreements, which would, you know, I think, go some way to stopping people pulling out or certainly being financially burdened if they pull out because my my belief is that if a couple getting divorced and the old lady um you know and this might sound a little bit harsh but in my opinion those people should pay for ross's costs you know whichever way around you, you do it or yeah. they, there should be a significant financial penalty that means they think twice before doing that and actually if they if If I was selling a house for them, I would have charged both of them in both of that situation. Um, Probably. Depends on the old lady, but that might pull at the the heartstrings. But um, I think one of the big problems in this industry, this no sale, no fee Mm. um, approach that a lot of agents take, I just think almost encourages that type of activity. You can go down the process. Oh, do you know what? I'm not going to move. No financial penalty. Agents done all the work. Buyers, Done all of the searches, all of the surveys, all of those costs, and that's a significant problem um, in in this industry with the process, the system, the conveyancing process, how it works. Um, and I think we've got to try as agents to do everything we can to stop that experience. Because as Ross said, all that will happen is that that leads to clients saying, oh, "I'm just going to down tools. I'm not going to move for, for it." And all their opinion, we get associated with it because we're involved in it. But actually sometimes that could be you know, not necessarily our fault. It was a bit of a rant, wasn't it? Sorry.
0: <laughs> no, it was, it was a good rant. And actually I think that's why we, we might reach out to some of those um, like uh, transaction businesses that are out there trying to actually help people put in there because to, to give everybody an example of like the process here, uh, all, all offers are presented on the actual contract that's going to be signed. And once it's signed by the seller, they can't get out of it. Only the buyer can. So a buyer's got a cooling off period, seller doesn't. A buyer's got a finance clause or a building and pest clause just in yeah. case there's something wrong with the house. It's up to you whether you elect to put them on your contract or anything like that. But uh, that, that the the scenario that Ross found himself in of, uh, you know, and, and that lady is extenuating circumstances. So yeah. I think you know, as angry as he was, I think probably a couple of days later, they would have understood yeah. as well because it's just the kind of guy that he is. And I imagine his wife's very similar, but here and other parts of the world that just that just can't happen and actually it's a real shame that it can happen in the UK because actually that's that's where I reckon a lot of the poor experiences yes. let's park lack of communication and lack of follow up and lack of qualification to the side right and talk about if you can get somebody more invested so that they can't just change their mind yes yeah. you can there's there's legitimate reasons why people may have to pull out of a contract yeah. or move forward right but like you shouldn't be able to just turn around and, and squash somebody's dreams like that because we all know that high of actually finally getting your offer accepted. And then unfortunately, there are people out there that know that low of it then being yeah. pulled from yeah. underneath them, right? Uh, so yeah, I think maybe we we focus that over the next couple of weeks and get some of those guys on here to talk about the positive impact that those systems and those structures are having in place to keep holding those deals together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And well, I'm well up for that. So we'll reach out and, and uh, get some people on. Um, a massive thank you once again to Ross for joining us today. Um, if you've enjoyed today's episode, you know please reach out to Ross or one of us on social media. Share share the episode out on your social media. Share it with colleagues. Um, I'm Mark Worrell. He's Sam Hunter. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you again next week.